0: You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is Two Smart Assets podcast. I'm your host, Danny Nichols, accompanied by my co-host, Chris Thompson. What's
1: going on, man? How you doing, Danny, man? I'm feeling pretty good today. You having a good day, Chris? Yeah, got all my coffee in me and uh, I think somebody wants uh, wants one of my properties. So we'll see oh, how that turns out. nice. Congratulations. That's great. That's great news. Uh, so you done anything fun this week or uh, since the last time we talked? Uh, no, not really. It's kind of been just grinding. I mean, that's interesting, you know, to me usually alone, but uh, right. Right. No, nothing, nothing too, nothing too crazy
0: man i got to say uh uh saw him in denver for a few days and i got to go to an abs game last night and it was uh, it was pretty awesome and you know we have a friend who is a huge abs fan and mm-hmm. you know kind of latched onto that growing up as as kids as being uh uh you know abs fans and we've been to uh a number of nhl games so but had the opportunity to go to a home abs game and it it was pretty it was pretty nice man just to, just to actually go to one and uh, see the team play or whatever. But uh, it was a great game. It ended up going into overtime. It was tied 3-3 at the end of the third period. Went into overtime. And with 1.2 seconds left, the away team scored to beat the Avs. Yeah. 1.2 seconds left. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is – it's crazy. It's crazy. But it's it was a, a great now. game. Yeah, it was a great game. So, uh, got to have a little bit of fun uh, yesterday. But uh, back to work, you know, always on the grind. So, back just got to – got to keep it going, man. But, um, so for today's episode, well, actually before we get into that, uh, to all our listeners, we'd love to chat with you guys. We'd love to connect with you guys further. Um, you know, we'd like to hear your ideas. Uh, if you have any questions or topics for the show, we'd love to talk with you. So head over to our, our website at twosmartassets.com. You can drop us a line there, or you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're putting stuff on there, so uh, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Love to hear any suggestions or just topics, or if you just wanted to, to holler at us to talk about whatever, just uh, drop us a line. But uh, we, anyways... We
1: like talking so, to everybody, so...
0: Absolutely, up. Ab- absolutely. We want, we want, we're trying to connect with as many people as we can. So, All right, so going into today's, today's episode, uh, Chris, we're going to be talking today about waterfall distributions and basically some of the terminology that is associated with Um, these kind of things when it comes to um, apartment syndications, right? And these are basically for uh, in regards to investor returns in the apartment syndications. So really these, these waterfalls, the concept of a a waterfall distribution or an equity waterfall, uh, they can become a little convoluted depending on how they're structured. Right. And Mm -hmm. sometimes they can be confusing. So hopefully we can provide some clarity with this, with this episode to our listeners. So and the reason that these waterfall distributions can be difficult to understand is because the profits, the way the way it's set up, is these profits can be split many times in many different ways. So being able to keep up with them, keep track of them, can be can be a little troublesome. Uh, however, we do see a lot of uh, syndicators. They try to make this process as painless as possible. You know, they're not gonna. The ones that we've actually seen, uh, they're not. A ton of splits. They do a couple, maybe, but it's nothing. It's nothing crazy. So, um, have you seen anything different than that, Chris? It's been pretty, pretty understandable.
1: Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. You know, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, it's a different kind of concept to wrap your brain around. But really, it isn't that difficult to, you know, once you, once you have a basic understanding of it, you know, you're not going to run into uh, really any kind of complicated waterfall structures out there. Everybody's kind of condensed it down to pretty simple structure if they even use it at all. Right. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Well, let's jump
0: into it. Let's jump into the waterfall distributions and kind of help clarify what they are and what you should know about them. So what is a waterfall distribution?
1: Okay. So first, uh, you know, a waterfall distribution, I guess the most basic way I can think of is like, you know, think about it as a series of pools, right? And as one pool fills up, it spills out and it's going to spill over into the next pool as that one fills up and so on and so forth, just kind of keeps going like that. Uh, but basically it's uh, a waterfall distribution is a way of calculating and kind of outlining how capital gains are going to be shared between the participants in an investment. Okay. So in the waterfall structure, uh, the total capital gained, you know, in distribution, let me start over, the, the total capital gained is distributed. Uh, according to the structure made up of the different levels. So when the top levels uh, allocation requirements are met, then the excess funds run over into the next level and the process is just basically repeated.
0: Okay. So basically, like you're saying, if you link a pools and you know, the fills up and then it basically spills over right into the next pool, is that kind of what you're...
1: It, it, precisely. Okay. Okay, cool. so well really typically in these uh, equity waterfalls, you know, the profits are split unevenly uh, amongst the partners where the operating partner or the GP or the syndicator, uh, they're, gonna re- they're gonna receive, you know, a disproportionately larger share of that profit, you know, if the, if the project itself beats the expectations. Okay. You know, this, this extra share of the returns is called the promote, alright? And so this is basically used as, as a bonus to the GP, you know, to exceed the return expectations, you know, so, you know, it gives them a little, a little something, something for doing well. Um, and just exceeding everybody's, you know, stated expectations. So
0: it's a good way to align interest between the GP and the LP, right? Cause you know, the, the LP is going to get paid if the, the cash flow is met, but then they also get paid on these splits that we're talking about. Um, however, they're structured if those, the, say the preferred return is, is, uh, those expectations are exceeded, right? So they'll get the split. So they are incentivized to the GP is getting they're incentivized by these, by these splits really that they've created to uh, exceed these expectations so they can get paid more. So that, that's
1: pretty much the summary of it, right? That's basically it. You know, the harder they work for us, then uh, the more they're going to get paid, which the harder they work for us, the more I'm going to get paid. So please, It's it's a, it's a win-win really. I mean, the way it's structured, I mean, as a, as
0: a passive investor, if you're on the LP side, uh, and you see this and say you're more, a little more risk averse or not risk averse, you're, you, you're okay with a little bit of risk, um, going in and getting these, these splits, you know, it's a, it's a good way to, to, to take share of the, um, of those potential, the opportunities of the upside, right. Instead of just getting that cash flow, like, well, you know, if this really exceeds expectations, we might be able to make a lot more money. So uh, it's a good way to look at it. I mean, obviously there's different ways to look at it, depending on the type of investor you are. But, um, so yeah, so that was, that was, that's a great summary uh, of that. Um, all right. So waterfall structures, they're different, right? So you go from deal to deal, you're not going to get the same waterfall structure, um, on one deal that you are in the, what you might, it just depends, right? So pay yeah. attention to who you're dealing with and what those look like. And you'll be able to get those, those structure, the structure of the deal when it comes to the waterfall and the distributions, you'll be able to find that in the executive summary. Wouldn't you say, Chris?
1: Yeah, that's uh, basically exactly where it is. That's, okay. that's where you'll find the info. Okay. So be, be
0: on the lookout for that when you're receiving these opportunities in your, in your email, or however you receive them, uh, make sure you know you're just looking at the the structure of, of these of these splits uh, mm-hmm. again. So, but that was a good overview, and I like the pool analogy that that helped me kind of uh, visualize it a lot better. So appreciate you uh, breaking it down that way. All right, so let's jump into a little bit some of the. Some of the components uh, and the terms of uh, waterfall uh, distributions, like just the structure of them, and the first component I want to kind of touch on to is the return hurdle. and this is basically uh, defined as the rate of return that must be achieved before the cash flow can move on to the next tier in the equity waterfall. So mm-hmm. that's basically like saying, you know we want to achieve eight percent cash flow, right? And then when that happens, you'll get a split. But then if we, if we achieve, say, 12 percent. Cash flow. Well, that split changes, right? So that's basically what they're saying the return hurdle is. So you have these benchmarks that you hit, and when you hit these benchmarks, the return can change, the split can change. And again, that kind of looks like a, a structure of waterfall or waterfalls or pools. You know, as soon as they fill up and they spill over to the next one down below, it's kind of the structure, excuse me, how that looks. And, um, So just to note, these waterfall models can have multiple return hurdles, kind of like we're talking about before, and they're based on the internal rate of return or the equity multiple. So where you're looking at, you know, your internal rate of return, when I was talking about the 8% and the 10, 12%, that's what we're looking for. So pay attention to what these hurdles are, and these will be in the executive summary uh, as well. So be paying attention to this, um, you know, how these are based off of... uh, the returns. So if they're based off the IRR or the equity multiple, you want to make sure you know how these are structured so you can, in your, as, you, as a passive investor, you'll know when to expect these returns. And just to touch on that point a little bit more to clarify uh, what an IRR is or the internal rate of return, it's the percentage of interest you earn on each dollar you have invested in a property over the entire holding period. So it's not just say for the first year or the second year, it's for, for as soon as you come into the deal until you exit the deal. So right. the IR is basically the, the return you get for the entire hold period. And then also diving in a little bit into the equity multiple, uh, defining that, uh, it's basically the total cash distributions received uh, uh, from an investment. And it's basically divided by the equity, the total equity invested. Sorry. I was having to look at the had a look at the equation real quick just to double check myself before I said it. But Mm -hmm. uh, so this is basically going to tell you what your return is going to be based on how much you put in. So if you see a 2.0 equity multiple or something like that, that they're going to offer you, that means you're basically going to double your money. Right? Right. So you want to be paying attention to to these things. And um, whether, you know, if it's a one, 1.0 equity multiple, you're basically just getting your money back. If it's anything less than a 1.0 equity multiple, you're not getting your full, your full return back. So just pay attention to these things, see what they look like, um, and that'll kind of help you understand what the return hurdle is basically defined as and how you should look at it in regards to the returns you're going to receive. So, All right, so the next uh, component of waterfall structures or term we want to talk about is a preferred return. Chris, you want to okay. touch on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, okay. So we've talked about the uh, the preferred return, you know, a couple times now. But, you know, just to kind of go over it quickly, you know, the preferred return or the PREF, uh, as it's known to be, you know, it's defined as the first claim on profits, you know, until a target return has been achieved. So therefore, you know, the investors with a preferred return are the first in line and they're going to earn this return before any other re- investors uh, you know, receive a distribution of the profits. And so, you know, once this preferred return hurdle has been met, you know, any excess profits, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're split as agreed upon. So that's, that's that pool filling up and anything after, that's when we're going to start splitting. Right. Okay. So, what do
0: you what are you normally seeing uh, for returns provided in these deals? Are Are you seeing something typical around this? About like, yeah, I've seen an eight percent is usually what I'm seeing,
1: seven eight percent, something like that. Yeah, that seems to be. Uh, I won't say universal, but pretty steady across the board. Uh, that's what most people would like to see. They want to see higher numbers, but that's a a pretty good starting point. It's a solid number. Right.
0: Yeah. We're just looking at the projections that some of these syndicators are actually providing in these deals, and I think the last a couple ones i've seen have been 7-8% somewhere around there so yeah. uh, it seems seems pretty tickable typical uh, about now uh, okay so that's the preferred return uh, the next uh, term I want to talk about in the waterfall structure is the look back look back provision so and this basically what this this happens when so you're supposed to be getting a preferred return or some type of return and that return is not met so mm-hmm. you might experience in the first year you might experience this in the first year of an apartment syndication, where uh, you know you might be projected to get an eight percent return. Well, you're t- trying to turn units, right? And you might be doing renovations, so your occupancy is is much higher. So you might not be getting the cash flow numbers that you projected maybe in year one, right? So what happens when, say, if you're getting you're projected to get eight percent that year? Well, we only got five percent or whatever in that distribution. Say it was your distributed your distributions come quarterly. And you only got 5% that distribution or that quarter. What, what happens? Well, basically the look back is it, a basic provision that requires the general partner to re- relinquish uh, part of their profit in order to make the investor whole. So, and it's almost like a, it's almost like an accrual process. So, uh, look, the look, well, that's not the accrual process, but the look back, look back provision, I can't say it, uh, allows the, uh, them to look back and see, you know, Hey, you know, did we pay these, these investors in whole? And if not, well, let's, let's basically make that the way it should be, you know, it's giving them the full 8% or whatever they agreed upon. So that's, that's how the look back provision is typically structured. And uh, so it's one thing to look to, to know that, you know, ask your, ask your syndicator, if you're investing in these deals is, is a look back provision provided in, in the structure for these things. So, all right, moving on to the next term. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the catch up
1: provision, Chris. So, uh, very similar to the lookback provision, you know, the catch-up provision basically just stipulates that uh, the LP or the passive investors, you know, they're going to receive 100% of the the investment's uh, preferred return after achieving that rate of return. So, you know, all proceeds will then go to the general partner, you know, until they've received a specific uh, rate of return. Mm.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. So, basically, these are the main components of the… Uh, to consider when uh, thinking at like the waterfall distribution model, right? So what do we have? We have the return hurdle, the preferred return, uh, the look back provision and the catch up provision. So these are kind of some of the things that you really want to, uh, you want to touch on and, um, and and kind of know these terms and the ideas of how this can be structured in regards to a farmer syndications. And, you know, we'd love to run through all sorts of numbers with this and break down uh, the numbers for these deals and what this looks like, but we the podcast is probably not the best best platform for that. Uh, if you want to we're, eventually we 're going to have some stuff uh, on our website we don 't have it up there yet, but eventually we 're going to have some stuff on the website in regards to this. but uh, for now, if you just go went out there and google waterfall distributions, uh, there is a ton of stuff online about this, a lot of great stuff. Uh, yep. And if you need any help finding stuff like that, you can shoot us a note, we can send you a link, whatever. Um, but there's, there's plenty of stuff online, you could just Google and find out how like, this looks like on a spreadsheet or just just the math of it. And then you know, the breakdown of what that looks like. So uh, do you know, any? it's probably the best way, Chris, right? To find that to look more deeply into this.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just uh, go search around. Go, go start researching some of the people that you trust who are in this space, and they might have uh, something to that. So that way, you know, you're you're getting trusted information. But you know, just, I hate to say it, but just Google it. You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there.
0: Right. And again, uh, we want to just kind of reiterate this: uh, these waterfalls uh, can become very complicated, and they're not always going to be the same. So you'll have deals have a more complicated structure you have some that are uh, very simple you know maybe there's maybe there's one waterfall um but typically you want to make sure you understand what these look like and you understand all of the waterfalls you know this should be in the uh, in the uh, in the executive summary but if you do have questions just reach out to the syndicator you can ask them any information you need regarding this for clarification. And again, you know, they have webinars and usually stuff like this uh, in regards to the opportunities. So pay attention to this stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be important to you as a passive investor on understanding what returns you can expect and how you can expect them. Right. So uh, just again, pay attention to this stuff. Um, It's going to come in your executive summary and it's just something to be mindful of. All right. So really when it comes to waterfalls, that's pretty much all we have, right? I mean, I think typically we're seeing a lot of splits around 60, 40 to 80, 20, right? Somewhere in there. Yeah. And, then, and then if you hit a hurdle, say of 12% or 15%, then you're going to drop down say like 50, 50 or something like that. So uh, typically it's what you're going to see. Um, as of right now, most of the deals we see really only have one hurdle, right? It's the, it's the initial split of the of the preferred return after that, right? So I haven't seen right. anything. Have you seen anything different than that, Chris, recently? Uh,
1: not not recently. No, I see that stuff from time to time, but it's becoming uh, – there's uh, just the one one or two tiers seems to be a little bit more common. Right, right, right. Okay. And, and just kind of
0: reiterate, uh, the reason the waterfall model can be so complicated is because there can be – if it's structured some way there can be a ton of variables, really. I mean, they can – I mean, you can split this – any which way they want, you know, uh, whatever makes the deal work. But typically, uh, you only see, um, a couple of them. And basically when you go to connect all the returns and the provisions and the different tiers, um, it can really cloud up the picture of what the returns are going to be on your end. And so to be able to calculate them by hand, if you're going to do this as a passive investor, uh, it can become, Complicated, so and then also, and also, just so you know, you uh, we know, we're talking about tiers a little bit. Uh, we do have another episode uh, that talks about um, the tier, the two different types of tiers, Class A and Class B investments. So make sure to tune into that episode. Uh, it'll give a little bit more description on uh, the two tiers and basically the capital stack and what that looks like in regards to you as an investor and the whole picture of how this financing is structured and how investors are paid, and also the order that they get paid. So pay attention to that. Check out that episode as well. Um, if you have guys that have any questions or concerns about the stuff we talked about today, or just want to bring us some topics, shoot it up, shoot us over a line at uh, on the website, twosmartassets.com or again, hit us up on social media. Um, Chris, you got anything you want to add about waterfalls before we get out of here? Nope, not.
1: I think we covered uh, a lot of it right now. So I'm tapped.
0: Okay, cool. Well, before we get out of here, I want to talk about, uh, you know, usually we kind of ask a question at the end of the show, but I kind of wanted to talk about a book that I, that I recently read. Well, actually, I was on a, taking a long drive. I was driving to Phoenix, and uh, it was a long drive, a very long drive. And uh, I listened to a book that I'd heard about before, but hadn't really put any time into it, and it was Secrets of a Millionaire Mind. And really, the book is basically – it's a mindset book what i took away from it. it's a mindset book and it talks about basically how to think like wealthy people do or you know the positive ways the reinforcing ways to think in order to th- to think like a wealthy person and well you know wealth can mean a lot of things you could be you know financially wealthy you know there's all sorts of things but this is just i think it was more of a mindset book in in the way of pay attention to the way you're thinking and the the people you surround yourself with or the people you bring on your say if you're starting a business or joining a team or anything it's it's really about the environment that you put yourself in and then also how the people you surround yourself with how they how they uh, interact with you or how they live their lives you know or basically just how they act and going forward you want to surround yourself with people who are of uh, a good mindset and um and really just try to achieve the things you want. And some of the things that I, I wrote them down here and some of the things I want to talk about are just real quick, just hit on and these are, these aren't the main points, but these are just some of the points that I took out of the book was that when I was talking about, you know, aligning yourself with the right people and putting yourself in the right environment is, is, you know, getting the right people on your team and even just interacting on a regular basis with people who are, who are of like mind trying to achieve, uh, you know, positive things, make the best out of their lives and stuff. And the one thing kind of, it kind of said uh, kind of grouped a, a couple of things together. It was talking about signs of a victim. So, you know, a lot of people, you go out and you can play the victim and you can have this victim card that you play uh, going on. And, you know, we've all been guilty of, the, of this at some point. I know I have for sure. Uh, and it's always something to work on, but it said uh, the three signs of uh, a victim basically are blaming, justifying and complaining. So, you know, if you have somebody in your life does a lot of blaming, a lot of justifying, a lot of complaining, no, I'm not saying, get rid of them out of your life, you know, but maybe, maybe spend a little bit less time with them or,
1: um, I think you should be active of that, of that environment because negativity just breeds negativity and we need to put ourselves in a positive environment. So just be, be aware of those negative emotions that are that you're taking in from others.
0: Well, exactly. And it, and it's also, it's also, I mean, these apply not only to others, you might recognize these signs in others, but it's also about recognizing these signs in yourself. Absolutely. Right. So, so if you're sitting there and you find yourself, you know, blaming something, somebody or something for, for whatever reason, something happened or justifying or complaining about stuff, these things don't help. You know, I mean, they, they really don't help. You need to be able to step outside to yourself or whoever you're talking to and, and really just evaluate how much, influence this is having on you and, and what you're trying to accomplish. So these victim signs are something to pay attention to. And, uh, uh you know, uh, while these might be intuitive, you know, like, Oh, well that makes sense. Well, sometimes you gotta be reminded about these things, you know, cause, uh, you know, you might catch yourself complaining about something, but the thing the the key point is catch yourself and then, mm-hmm you know, react in a way to where like, Oh, I need to be better than that. So I thought that was one thing that took out of the book. That was pretty good. Another thing was, uh, they said it was called uh, the three levels of wanting. So it's, it's basically like the language you use when you talk to people about, um, uh, what you're trying to achieve. You say you have goals and you want to achieve them. And, uh, the three levels of wanting, they include a, like, we'll just summarize it, but I want to be wealthy is one of them. So like, I want is the main part there. And then I choose to be wealthy is another part. And then I commit to being wealthy. So how many people want to be wealthy? Almost everybody, right? I mean, who doesn't, that's just kind of how it goes. So, but wanting doesn't really get you anywhere. You can want all day long. It's, that doesn't mean you're putting anything into action. So it's something you want to pay attention to your language. And then moving to that, I choose to be wealthy. That's smart. That's better than I want to be wealthy Cause you're, you're basically like making a choice. Like I choose to be wealthy. Like, okay, well, that's I choose to be wealthy. So are you doing anything about it? Right. Well, what about I commit to being wealthy? I mean, you're basically saying, Nope, I'm doing whatever it takes to make this happen. And it doesn't have to be about being wealthy. It could be anything. Right. But it's about the language you use when you talk about stuff you want to achieve or just anything in life really. Uh, Cause you can say, I want, I want, I want, or I need, I need, I need. And we all know that this is only going to take you so far, but your language is important in the way that you, that you go forward and you, you your mental thoughts will take you on the path to where you're trying to go right so mm-hmm. if if you if you're associating yourself with negative people and you're not even using the right language in your mind and you know talking to other people if you're not using if you're using negative language or just wishful thinking you know you're not going to get there you need to be committed you need to be strong and you need to be committed and focused on these things and surround yourself with Uh, people who are like-minded and people who really want to make change in their lives for the better. So that's one, that's one of the, there's a couple of things I took away from the book. One of the quotes was if you want to be wealthy, focus on making saving and investing your money. If you want to be poor, focus on spending your money. Right. So. It's powerful. Focus on, focus on where your money's going. Uh, you know, we talk about investing a lot, but this show is also about, uh, just education for financial success. And that's what we want for everybody. I mean, everybody, including ourselves. Right. So, Focus on where your money is going. It's going to be important to your success. It's also going to be important to where you can, how you're going to you basically transition into this to this next level of who you can be, you know, your potential. So um, I think it's important to uh, to keep that in mind going forward. Obviously, if you're if you're an investor, uh, you should know where your money is going. Well, everybody should know where their money is going. But um, anyways, those are a couple of powerful things I took away from the book. It was a decent book. I listened to it on Audible. Uh, I'd recommend it to people looking for a little bit of mindset book. It might not be for everybody, but I thought it was decent. So anyways,
1: that's pretty much all I have for the show today. Chris, you got anything else? No, Danny. uh, I think you brought up some pretty good points and uh, you know, there's a lot to think about in there. So we got a, we got a lot of investing in ourselves to do. All right. Absolutely. Every day, right? We're going to keep doing this every day
0: and say, Hey, and to our listeners until next time, you know, make sure that you're paying attention to these things that we talked about, you know, uh, putting yourself in the right environment. And the, the the way, the language that you have in in your everyday, who you're talking to, who you're interacting with, all these things. Keep this keep this in your in your mind as you go forward. So, well, I think that about wraps it up for today. So, uh, everybody, uh, train your brain and keep investing in yourself. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.